0: Time. <laughs> what what a time we live in. Like I know. We just don't even there's you know, it's like the day the week after Labor Day is like oh, like we're back oh in shit. it, like yeah. three day weekend, but now it's like everything's happening. It's fall yeah. into the holidays into next year, like And not to oh mention
1: it's like we're like face first into Delta.
0: <laughs> I oh mean how else
1: like we're just like face I really first. do like, just like, like, it's face first because it's like, you know, like when you fall and you can usually catch yourself with your hands, like yeah. I don't see hands coming in front of us. No, 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 no. no we're a fa-
0: <laughs> can I tell, can I tell my story from last week really fast just as a PSA always. to get vaccinated? Always, always. Because it kind of hit home for me, like the effects of what happens when someone's unvaccinated like what in terms of community spread and public health and in my place of work a person who is unvaccinated came into the building which we do allow under strict Mm -hmm. precautions um and then this person tested positive a couple days later and as a result everyone in the building at the time including myself had to take time out of our days to go get tested um testing sucks like it's invasive and not fun um and also like my parents and I were gonna see each other this weekend and I wasn't able to see them because I didn't have my test I'm results sorry so I'm like so sorry you know that's it's not the end of the world whatever but it's like I did my part mm-hmm. to like make sure we can get back to our normal lives and if you're not vaccinated I'm just gonna tell you right now that if you get covid and you expose other people, you're not helping your community. You're not helping yourself. You're mm-hmm. actively allowing this pandemic
1: to continue.
0: So mm-hmm. please get vaccinated. Please tell someone you know who's not vaccinated to get vaccinated.
1: And there's just like it's so sad because it's just to bring up the housewives. I tagged us in it, uh, Leah. Leah's post because she went and saw Azealia Banks and concert was so crowded and no one was wearing a mask no one was wearing a mask and i'm seeing a lot of people indoors at concerts or events and not wearing a mask and that that makes me nervous you know just because my kids aren't vaccinated yeah and um i don't know when they're going to be able to get vaccinated and um it puts them at jeopardy in their health absolutely and like
0: My kid is he just turned two like six weeks ago and Mm -hmm. at his two year wellness visit, the doctor was like, oh, yeah, for his age, it's probably going to be at least two, three years until the vaccine is available. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, it's like we can't just you can't just say, oh, someone else is going to take care of this for me. Right. We all have to kind of. Be in it together, and we are very fortunate. If you're listening in the U S. to have access mm-hmm. to free vaccines, where so and much of the developing world has yeah, no access. I think access. that's
1: something in particular to the like us being a as you know, I'm white, but this is a South Asian American podcast, yeah. and um. For people that are South Asian American listening to this, they do have ties back to India. And when they go back to India and they know what it's I've never been, but they know what it's like to see um, a country that not everyone has access to something like the COVID vaccine. Absolutely. It's like when you see what happens when people don't have
0: access to regular vaccines that Mm -hmm. we get here in America and have now basically eradicated these diseases from our communities, although they're coming back because of the anti-vax movement. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's not a question. So anyway, um I'll get off my screen. And if you need box. more information <laughs> of where to get vaccinated, just DM us. Oh yeah, totally. And we'll send you um, some information. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're happy to help. And let's talk about our interview for this week because it's It's totally kind of unique,
1: and it's unique, and it has to do with COVID 19 a little bit. It does, we talk about it a lot. So, we
0: interviewed Avishar Barua from the last season of Top Chef, he was representing South Asians along with Padma, of course. (laughs) And Padma's um, always representing, yeah, she's always representing. Um, and Yeah, he, you know, he really gets into the nitty gritty of Mm -hmm. the application process, what it's like to be there, and then also
1: what it was like to be there during, like, the thick of COVID. Right. And I think that's something that you don't realize, right? No. Of especially how much um, chefs and restaurants were affected during that time period. Yes. And how um, all the chefs were coming from um, different circumstances of how COVID-19 affected the restaurants, whether it was some who were coming from the restaurant just closing, Mm
0: -hmm. others were
1: in dire jeopardy, and some were just, you know, skating by, just getting by. And he goes into that. And I think that's a really important aspect of that last season yeah
0: absolutely it it made it u- unique from all the other seasons of the show and you know he talks about all this great stuff kind of like what it's like actually being there doing these like 30 minute quick fire challenges and all this stuff and he also um talks towards the end of the call after I think Deanna you got off we talk mm-hmm. a bit about what it was like um kind of pursuing cooking as a South Asian American and Mm -hmm. some of the pushback he got from his family and how he navigated that and and kind of like what he's trying to do as a chef and um, where he's at now. And yeah, I thought it was cool to get his perspective, both as someone who's been on like a Bravo reality TV show, but also like a chef, you know, we haven't talked to any chefs yet. Exactly. No. Um. And that's a whole creative endeavor and like way of life, really, that is mm-hmm. super interesting just to hear where he's coming from and how he thinks about food. And, you know, like, I loved how, we, you know, we talk about how he kind of breaks down this whole like myth around mm-hmm. fine dining being the only thing that's right it in the food industry
1: and accessibility and mm-hmm. i think that's was one of my favorite things in the whole inter- interview is um how he stresses accessibility yeah. and you know how he grew up and the kind when he went out the kind of uh restaurants he would go to mm-hmm. which i i'm pretty sure he said chain restaurants oh yeah they were they were all
0: chains and like the and and he talked about what are the things that made me happy and how can I mm-hmm. recreate those in a more fine dining setting but also like it's really about creating happiness so um yeah he was just like really lovely to talk to and he
1: was lovely and he was inspirational yeah. and he's someone who I I think it's, you know, we we watch Bravo and the thing that's really interesting about Top Chef Mm -hmm. is we're watching people who are creative and good at what they're doing and they're doing it at with a time limit in front of the cameras. <laughs> yeah. I mean, taking the, you know, if we really break it down, yeah. it's like wild. It's really wild. <laughs> it is. It reminds me of um I just watched the Bob Ross documentary oh. which I I couldn't recommend more. Oh my what platform is it on? Netflix. Okay, I'm going to watch and, it. And you know the thing the thing that is amazing about Bob Ross is what they they highlighted in this documentary is all those paintings were done in like 26 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, like literally it's like the TV show. Yeah. How do you how do you handle that pressure? And you know, someone like Bob Ross is it's part of the charming part is he's so relaxed and just in the groove and in the mindset. And then, you know, something like Top Chef, you're seeing how all of those people Yeah how they handle that pressure and, and yours and you know what else we got into which i really appreciate you bringing up is the hell's kitchen gordon ramsay oh, aspect. Yes, we talk and about him because that was a show
0: i loved watching <laughs> me too i was obsessed with it because it was one I of know. the first reality
1: tv shows on a big
0: network yeah. right yes
1: and i always said like a, like a hot date for me <laughs> would be to go and sit down <laughs> And like, because you know how they had people that'd be like, the firefighters are coming yeah, in, yes. and you're gonna the blue team's gonna feed yes, this side, yeah. and the red team's gonna. And I was like, oh, I would love to be in the dining room. Oh my gosh, yeah, Avishar actually gives us
0: an uh, interesting perspective on that. So that was yeah, um, it's a great interview. We hope that you enjoy it, and um, just a reminder: speaking of Bravo. There- Yeah. There's so much going on in Bravo and pop culture right now. We're gonna get into all of it on our Thirsty (laughs) Thirty episode, which we offer through our Patreon page. Like, I think we're the cheapest bitches on Patreon.
1: Oh yeah, we are. And like I I was sitting in my car yesterday and I texted Indra and I was like I'm just getting and I was like close to tears (laughs) so emotional what these what these Bravo shows are bringing because it was just after I watched Jen Shah get arrested (laughs) in the trailer (laughs) and I was like really overcome with emotion I was like we're getting Erica Jane and Beverly Hills and now we're gonna get Jen Shaw and Bachelor in Paradise is like on fire like nothing we've ever (laughs) like I can't even describe it I don't even know what is going
0: on with that right now and I have to say officially so today they announced Winter Winter House House,
1: I thought did you see my my post on Instagram I haven't been on Instagram were you losing your mind okay, when you saw this that. This is my
0: grand idea and I posted on Instagram. I I am um, photoshopped Brian Benny onto the photo <laughs> 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 because
1: why isn't he on the show? That's so perfect. Do you know what I mean? That's so perfect. I know. Like, he is like... Put Bali there. Uh, uh, put no, Bali no, but there like, just Brian's like in the single, single, like, his... Oh, yeah. So everyone's single on that show? Not everyone, but a and lot I of them s- are, and like... Something, I want to put a pinpoint in something that we'll discuss, okay. which we'll go back to Winterhouse. Eric Andre, who's like a hysterical dude, yeah. dated Rosario... Um, Dawson, like just, just an all around. He was at a birthday party taking pictures, and guess who I saw in the background? Who? Austin. Oh my God, Austin is
0: everywhere, Can we, and, and he does and not we- deserve to be. <laughs> We're gonna-
1: we're going to discuss this because yes, I are. need some sleuths. Why are they at the same small birthday party in a limo together? Why is Eric on Oh, uh, wow. They were in, in a Austin. limo together? Oh, a okay, limo okay. with a stripper, a male stripper. So we're going to break
0: this <laughs> down on Patreon. And literally for $1, you can hear this episode and three others this month. Because I need to...
1: How is this connected? How is like it- how Diana needs to know. Like, oh, I need cuz again we're the serial killers. Like like we're trying to figure out where the ce- serial killer is located in the, the victims. On the wall it's like with the like Yeah, Eric Andre comes from here. <laughs> in pop culture and austin comes from here and so let's take the little yarn yeah how does it meet we're gonna
0: figure it out um so don't miss it join us there one dollar a month like literally that's like two lattes a (laughs) year (laughs) if you
1: want to hear our hot takes from everything 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 did erica do it what's up with grocery store joe and is he really attractive let's break it down to how is Austin and Eric Andre at the same in the same limo all of it it's all there and um yeah so we
0: love you guys um please love enjoy this interview with and write
1: a review baby yeah
0: yes write a review and please enjoy this interview with Avishar Barua from Top Chef season 18. Oh my gosh, Abhishar! It's so good to meet you. Thanks
2: for hosting me. This is this is great fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. My first question is because when I was looking for you on Instagram, I was like, "Is this him?" Because like you came up as like I think your name is Abhishar, but like it said Danny underneath. Interesting. So, yep. What is that? What is that like a nickname or what's up with that?
2: Uh, Danny actually is a nickname. So mm-hmm. when I grew up in Columbus. Uh, Back, I mean, I was born in 87, mm-hmm. so I'm old, but not that, I'm in the, I'm in the, ga- I was in the pre-internet generation, so there was a lot of uh, learning to do, so what had happened was, um, my name is Avishar, and then my brother's name is Avishek, okay. um, but we were both uh, Bobby and Danny, and it got mm-hmm. to the point where, um, so my parents still call me Danny. Um, oh and all my friends from childhood call me danny wow. but now now um the times have changed now now i'm sure it's my name again so you know
0: yeah can you tell me a little bit more about like when you when you personally made the decision to like switch and mm. introduce yourself differently or things like that
2: sure actually um i i didn't i was actually in high school and uh every time it was always like they'd call my name and they'd say like um uh, you know they try and pronounce my name because i have a b or my initials so i'd be the second or third name down so i'd kind of guess uh, you know, we take bets on like how awkward it would be to try and pronounce my name because you know it's not it's not a typical. I mean, I was trying to look it up on the internet too. It's not that typical of a name. It's it's very very rare. So regardless of culture, it's a difficult name to go by. So I would just be like, you can just call me Danny. Um, and then in high school, I said that once, and my teacher, actually my history teacher, he was like, well, isn't your name Avishar? And I was like, I I guess so. Um, and you know, uh, what he had decided was he was like, well, why don't we just call you by your name? And I was like, whatever you can call me whatever you want. It's a name, you know. A rose by any other, any other name is just a sweet. So I had no no qualms with either I mean like again it's it's interesting because nowadays I'll go if I work in the restaurant someone says hey I know Abby sharp um and I'll go out and I'll be like I don't actually know you better say I know Danny um you know I'll come out and be like this is someone that I knew from childhood it's oh, okay. a weird weird flip over there yeah wow. like
0: sort of puts people in certain points of your life and <laughs> where they're from
2: yeah for sure it's, it's great for context and ultimately like yeah whatever's easier like if, if I know you're referring to me I'm, I'm happy as long as you don't say like hey jurors blood <laughs> or something like you know it's okay with me sorry.
0: yeah when you were like going through the process to be on Top Chef, were you? Did you ever consider putting your name in as Danny, or you're like, I'm gonna go with Avishar?
2: Oh, they they know everything. So I mean, I put down every nickname, mm. everything I've ever been called my entire life. <laughs> like all the all those things are there. Uh, Avishar is just like, yeah, it's it's easier. Also, um, there's not a lot of that out there. So if someone needs to know that it's me, um, that's also how I got the Instagram tag because yeah. uh, there was no other, there was plenty of Danny's, but there was no other Avishars. So wow, I picked that and. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, I was the first one there. So I'm the original Lovishar on Instagram.
1: Wow. <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I also got it for a different reason. I didn't realize it was like a photo sharing app that was like around the time of Facebook and I like to take pictures. So I was like, this is a cool way to edit pictures yeah. on my phone. And then they're like, share with the world. And I was like, why would I ever want to share pictures with people? That's so weird. Um, <laughs> so I just like left around idle for like five years and then I finally started using it like four or five years ago. Wow. It was, it was so
0: you were one of the OG adopters.
2: I was. I didn't I didn't even know what it was. Cause it was like back in the day it was you'd use that uh, that other app, uh, mm-hmm. the, the photo one that would like edit photos. So you'd use two oh, of those photo and bucket? Was, like third one. I was like, oh was it
1: Photo Bucket? Uh, it
2: was, yeah it was well yeah I had Photo Bucket and Flickr. Yeah. Um and then yeah. there was uh there was like some ViscoCam. Visco cam yeah Visco cam was the one that you could like that's you could just right. use on your phone and they didn't have it for Android because I don't I don't actually I'm not an Apple user these days. So mm-hmm. so it was it was like my only choice. Um and then it's a make it public and I was like that's so I uh, know I don't want anything everyone to see anything that's so weird so, yeah it's got it
0: I know it's so wild like and now
1: you've been on the tv show <laughs> yeah and I want to hear what's the application what else what rant what's the most random thing you had to put on an application like that
2: uh for what for Top yeah 5? or for uh, I actually so I didn't actually apply they reached out to me oh. so that was oh. interesting. Yeah, yeah I did I would never, I would never have the, the confidence or, or courage to say that I belong on national television wow. or I'm good enough to do that. So that's, uh, that's very, very much not me. Yeah. <laughs> they reached out and I thought it was some kind of joke and I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's 2020. What else? This is, this is, uh, this is some prank that my friends are playing on yeah. me. So I just went, went ahead with it. And then before I knew it, I was in Portland, Oregon. So, you know. Oh my
1: gosh. How did so, they like, get in touch? Like, yeah. what was their method of reaching out? Um,
2: actually I got, uh, it was a casting agent had reached out. So, uh, basically I... They, I got an email and I thought it was like a spam mail and yeah. so it said like, hey, we saw your stuff. We saw, you know, we saw your Instagram. We've, looked, we've stalked you for a while now. <laughs> we think you should apply for Top Chef. Oh my and I was gosh. like, why are people paying attention to me? Like, I don't do anything that cool. So so I was like, all right, well, uh, you know, it is 2020. So stranger things have yes. happened. So why why not see, uh, you know, let's see how far this goes. And, um, you know, you go through the it's like it's like auditioning it's i mean it's a very thorough process and it's mostly just to make sure that you know like they don't have any like serial killers that show up and like what what you know like or you know any any history like that so that was the the process and you know you go through seven or eight phases and then eventually you're you're there so
0: yeah seven or eight that's a lot Uh,
2: i i can't count it's a it's it spans a lot a lot of time they're very um and it's very they're very thorough so they want to make sure again like i can also also imagine from from the tv side it's it's really hard because you're saying these are the people that we want to represent us. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone's yeah. investing a lot into this, especially this year, but last year with the pandemic. So I imagine they were very, very careful and um, they went like, okay, well, do they check out these boxes? Does this work out? Are they a good person and a good fit? Because I mean, nothing is free. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was during the pandemic. So right in the
2: middle of the heart of an action. We filmed like you know. We filmed during the times of protests. Uh, the fires happened while we were mm-hmm. there as well. So we got every curveball plus like three more around us uh, while while we were uh, performing our best. Wow. Yeah.
0: And so like because of the pandemic, so- someone actually asked on Instagram. They were like did you have to quarantine for like two weeks oh, yeah. beforehand?
2: Yes, absolutely. We did. And that's when like, that's when, that's the real mental. Yeah. So I got, a, I got two degrees. I got one biology and one psychology. Wow. And the psychology degree is the one that gets me through life. The biology ones that the one that helps me figure stuff out. The psychology one, it's like, uh, if you're stuck in a room for two days without like any outside contact, you start to wear yourself down mentally. Mm. They say after like five days, most human beings will break. Yeah. So we were in there for, for the entire quarantine period. And <sighs> it's like to nobody's fault. It's a, it's a proper way to do things. But yeah. uh, when we had started, we were already like, we, I, so, I've been cooking every day and I didn't stop since the pandemic and cooking for 10 years, right? Mm. So, this was the first time I took a break from cooking for close to two weeks. Wow. So, I was gosh. like, it's never like, you know, you do it every day, and if you stop doing it one day, you just, you're like, do I still know how to yeah. do it? And not only that, but it's like, you know, you're just you're eating food out of the box. You're like, not as inspired. It's a, yeah. it's a different start. You
0: know? <laughs> that is, yeah, that probably put all of you at kind of a disadvantage going into the season. Or maybe not a disadvantage, but just yeah. like something different.
2: Yeah, I mean, the entire thing was different. Because I always try and illustrate, you know, Top Chef is, they call it Top Chef, not Bottom Chef for right. a reason. So they want to pick people on the top of their game or coming up. And this was an interesting year because who was at the top of their game when the pandemic hit? Every restaurant that was doing fine dining wasn't legally allowed to do that anymore. So all that they were doing was putting food into boxes. Yeah, wow. So they picked us from from the time of like, we were probably at our lowest low. Like half the cast had lost their record restaurants and staff yeah. um, you know some of us were trying to figure out if we still wanted to cook anymore it was uh it's definitely a trying time but also like i i can say that we were part of one of the most important seasons i mm-hmm. think ever because it's never been like we didn't even know if restaurants going to exist when we came back yeah. so it was still still carry out only uh, there was no vaccine there was no kind of idea of what's going to happen in the future mm-hmm. uh, so we thought let's take a chance we believe in what we do we believe in providing inspiration for the next generation and cooking restaurants so we got to do this thing not like hey we gotta do it because we want to be on top chef it wasn't that way this year at all <laughs> or last year I guess. yeah so my mind is messed up so
1: you guys didn't meet before you went into quarantine right Yep. Nope.
2: um there's uh i mean they, they do it it's it's all done for like uh for fairness honestly so you meet when you meet like when you see the cameras yeah. go on yeah that's the first time like and it's that's why that's that's reality right yeah. like you don't you don't get a chance to but like, you don't like plan beforehand um you know some some of the chef tests knew each other from cities and yeah. whatnot mm-hmm. i was like the outlier i was like i don't know anybody here like i don't like uh when I saw, like, looking around, I was like, I hope nobody else knows anybody else either because now I'm already at a disadvantage. I'm from Ohio. I'm like the second person in the state. Like, I don't think really, like, it's a lot of, a lot of like questioning and uh, self doubt before you even get started. So you just pray for, like, please don't let there be any assholes yeah. this year. Like, I don't yeah. have time to deal with that. I'm just trying to do my best.
1: Yeah. It
0: didn't. It seemed like, you know, I've watched like a handful of seasons and there's always like some villainous characters, kind of. But yeah. it really felt like this season was like, Everyone was just nice and like there for each other and and lifting each other up.
2: That was what pulled us through. There was a lot of uh, mental strain on us because you know, like you also miss your family. If you're a small restaurant, you fired 90% of your staff, you've got one one or two people in your restaurant, and you're the person that's normally in charge. I have never left my restaurant for that period of time ever in my existence, but it's also like it's also a growing up moment because then I go, These are my kids, they can do it. And like one of the stories that I talked about that I'd like about everything that's happened um you know I I've, I've been a chef for some time now not because I've necessarily wanted to just because I want to try and make it better for the next generation so I went in and uh, when I, when I did that like it was uh I left money for my staff I was just like hey you know every now and then you know you got to pay rent or you made a mistake so I left like uh, $1000 in cash which is just like here's here's $1000 in here yeah. if you guys if you guys if I'm not able to get in touch with you and you need this money just use it like mm-hmm. I don't care please just use it you're doing a good thing by running this restaurant no one I can't tell anyone that I'm gone they don't know anyone's gone like you know it's it's all very like you know, no one goes like, where's Abishar? They're yeah. just, they're just <laughs> you just vanished for like, I had a family emergency uh, in the middle of a pandemic. So I left the country. Yeah, like like that's, it's it's very, uh, yeah. very strange. They have to behave like nothing went wrong and nothing, that I'm actually there. So that's, uh, they did that and they didn't take a single dollar. Like they, they left wow. it all and they did it to, to show that, you know, like, Hey, thank you for everything. It was really cool. It was like, I almost cried when I came back because yeah. I was like, damn, like that's, that's uh, I could never expect that. I would have taken it. And <laughs> like, Oh, I know there's a restaurant left. Everything's burned to the ground. It's a pandemic. I have an excuse to go away, but they, uh, they bought it together and did that. And I Amazing. think that's when you see yeah. all the things that happened this year. Um, that's why we have like all the, all the people that were did this year too, were all chefs. We had no sous chefs. We had no food designer. It was all like people that had uh, had or were running their own business. Um, so the level of, I guess maturity that was there was, was very impressive. I yeah. was very, very humbled to see that everyone that was there was one, badass, and two, like, good people. Yeah. Because, you know, mm-hmm. when we grew up and, like, my generation of learning was you could be a badass, but then you'd also be, like, mean to everybody. Yeah. And now it's, like, everyone is, they have believed in a sustainable business model and how to treat, like, staff and seven it, it was really cool to see, yeah. uh, see that.
0: It's interesting because, like, in the world of cooking reality TV, I feel like, the start was like Gordon Ramsay mm-hmm. on that show Hell's Kitchen, just like yelling yeah, at yelling people and cursing
1: <laughs> and calling <Yeah>. people stupid.
2: <laughs> That's why I said, if they said if they come to Hell's Kitchen, I would have said no. I was like, no, nope, yeah. I'm not, not yeah, I get yelled at by my mom enough. I don't need to hear this from some <laughs> other dude. You know?
0: Yeah, it's just like the when I think back on that, yeah. I'm like, there's this like privileged white dude, I know, just like yelling at people on screen, like. This is, like, not really okay, and, like, it's... It is,
2: but, I mean, secondarily, there's uh, two other ways to look at it, too, because, you know, we're chefs first. Yeah. uh, It's weird for us to do something like this, because if you think about... This is... Everyone's got their own reason to go onto TV, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people that go on TV this isn't their life it's just something they're doing for some period of time and they go back to their mm-hmm. job which is probably not reality TV. Mm-hmm. for us as chefs uh we cook every day of our lives mm-hmm. and then we're going to be judged in the public eye and i may have spent the last 10 years just being silent and not saying anything to anybody and this is the first time i go out there so it's really challenging because like how do you know like i'm going to come back home and they're gonna be like well you can't cook yeah. rice. Like, that's what they know me as not as like i did it perfectly for nine years you know or 10 years or it was the first thing i ever cooked it's a it's a very like uh it's very scary to do but it's also Again, a very humbling experience, because I'm not the only one that feels that way. All of us feel that way. And I also believe that Gordon Ramsay, when he was doing that, like, this guy held the most Michelin stars across the entire world at the time. He held them in both coasts. And, you know, he he is very talented as a chef. So how do you make someone who's a chef say, hey, now go and be sociable on TV, how we're going to get a drag? You know, it's it's very difficult. I, I when I started cooking, I was like, I would never want to be around that guy. But now I go, hey, being on the other side, you go, I can see the perspective. Of, yeah. Like, what can I offer? Because How many scholarships and careers has he made off that? How much? How many people have gained some fame from being on, yeah. on his show? Right. You know, and that's a. If you look at it that way, it, it changes. His perspective it did a feel bit.
0: like he was playing a part. Yeah,
2: I mean, you're saying that the soup is too dry is obviously stupid, but but I mean, like, it's, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it. But you also like you remember him for things like, I you know, Chicken of the Sea. There's all kinds of uh, all kinds of things that we can remember. It doesn't necessarily define you as a person, but it defines a. ...moment where your personality might stand out. And, you know, it's, uh, there's some pros and cons to it. But I have tremendous respect for him as a chef. You know, he came to Columbus a, a while ago and ate at restaurants, and everybody's restaurant that he went to, they said he's a very mm, courteous, nice person.
0: Yeah. You know? He
2: is. So, yeah, he just because he does it on TV doesn't mean he's that way um, all the time. That,
0: I, I think... Yeah, I should clarify also that I felt like he was being told to kind of do that. It was like, this will get us ratings. This is whatever. And then they would always cap the season or moments with him, like having this like breakthrough, wonderful, kind moment with someone. And it would kind of like. And I always felt like when I saw that, I was like, I think that's who he really is. But like, this is what they think generates ratings. I mean,
1: I don't think Victoria Beckham. Is going to hang out with him if he's screaming at her all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. Like David Beckham, yeah, because yeah. they're all besties, right? They're not screaming yeah, at each exactly. other on the yacht, no. And,
2: you know, there's, there's there's two things you do, right? There's something you do, and no matter what, this is the way. It's like everyone says, hey, when you're on when you're on TV. If you know there's a camera, how real are you being? Well, when you're at the thing about cooking competitions, the coolest part about it is you're under so much stress that you don't have a choice mm-hmm. but to just cook because, like, you can't focus on there's 14 cameras on you for sure, but you don't care. You're like, I got to get this done in a half an hour. Yeah. The thing that we'll often overlook is the challenge is really hard. Like, the challenge that it makes it maybe it might seem like when you're sitting on a couch, you're like, this is what I would do yeah. for sure. But, like, what if, what if you had a plan to like fry this thing and the fryer was being used by another chef and you're like, yeah. do I fight you for this? Yeah. What, like, what do I do? Like, yeah. how, do, how do I avoid this? Because, you know, like, this is how I'm going to appear. To the entire country, totally. Or, you know, like this is going to be the way that I, I see. And there's anyone that was there would lie to say that this is, this does not affect their cooking ability because it does. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, you're just like oh. Um, you know, normally I'm not like this, but there's a lot of pressure on me. So do I cave to the pressure and say, this is what I need to get done to win this challenge and feel good about myself? Or do I say, hey, there might be some some kid watching me right now if I curse somebody out. Mm-hmm. Is that the message I'm trying to send? And I think a lot of us wanted to send good messages this year. We were really trying to say, like, hey, just because we're on TV doesn't mean we have to, like, do this thing where we're like yelling at each other. It's it, it does work. Uh, it did historically. But now. about change and there's how many outlets do you have you know we can do charities we can do this once our chance to be on tv we don't really get many so let's try and let's try and make this positive
0: yeah i am i think just overall like a viewers and what they want have really affected that too that we We, like, want to see real stories Mm -hmm. and, like, uplifting moments and things like that. And Top Chef, even. Did you watch the show before you went on the show?
2: Uh, So I used... When I started cooking, I used to watch it. Okay. Um, That was in the first few seasons. I was very much... uh, It was... There was two shows that I would say kind of, like... Uh, went alongside my cooking career was Top Chef and Iron Chef America like I had tremendous respect for those shows because I remember like afterwards there was no Instagram back then but you'd be like damn this this guy just broke down 15 chickens in five (laughs) seconds like when you capture a moment (laughs) like that and and you know they actually did that and that now me being there I know they actually did do that it wasn't like some like TV thing it it was like legit like Hung did that and 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 the jaws dropped and that was like those are moments you're like that's cool there might be a future in in what I'm doing cooking because if people think that's awesome yeah and they want to do it and says hey Now I want to break down my own chicken. I don't want to buy like a like a boneless skinless chicken breast. Then we've made a positive impact. It doesn't necessarily always come down to like, hey, I'm the badass. That's it. Feels good. Trust me. I feel like like, yeah, this, this is awesome. I am. I am awesome. But ultimately, it's about like, how do you make this this happen? So Top Chef was the most real for me in that because mm-hmm. these are all ones of younger chefs that are making their way through it after they do. You can see the the propelling of their career and what it does to them. And Iron Chef America is like, you're obviously badass enough to be competing against these four. You know, like if you're on there, it's going to be a challenge. And it's uh, also like put out three dishes and actually like seven dishes what it ends up being because they have to make the yeah. like, TV ones for, <laughs> for Iron Chef. It's like, Imagine doing that in a half an oh hour
0: gosh. to an hour. And then
2: you're like you have like food critics that are just railing you the entire time. Yeah. And you've never been in this kitchen your entire life. Yeah.
0: And you don't uh, know an where anything is. You know, it's
2: yeah, that is one of the hardest things is a uh, you know, your kitchen is your home. Yeah. Your restaurant's your home. When you go to this, you're like, it's a gorgeous kitchen, but it's not yours. <laughs> <so."> <laughs> and also you're not sharing it with like, you know, like you, usually if you have like lion cooks and sous chefs, there's like a, a slight respect difference. So you can be like, Hey, can I use that? And they're like, Yeah. But when you have like other chefs, especially ones that you're intimidated by, you're just like, uh I'll just use this induction burner, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe maybe I'll just move off this way. So that that was real. And that was really cool. Like competition TV is not necessarily my thing, which is the biggest irony of it is I, I try and do supportive things, but I think there was a a bigger, a bigger message to be told by, by competing in Top Chef. One
0: thing that I noticed in the yesteryear of Top Chef, including the seasons that you probably saw was like sort of the exotification of Padma as a host and Mm -hmm. treating her like, there were always like comments about how she looked from like, you know, contestants being like, oh, she's so hot or even Tom would say stuff or, you know, things like that. And I noticed that was absent this season, that there were no mentions about what she looks like. None of that. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> like, I mean,
2: yeah, <sighs> I mean, objectively, she she looks very good for her age. She keeps she keeps in good shape. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very hard to do. And, you know, everyone has, again, a. We look at cooking as a as a way of expressing herself. and if her if her physique is a way that she wants to express mm-hmm. herself, she's doing a good job, is what I would say. Yeah. I would have I have no problems to complain, but that's not why we're there. You know, we're there because we're trying to we're trying to compete, we're trying to see how good we are, we're trying to see how we are how we hold up against other chefs. We also some of us haven't really had the chance to cook outside of our own state. So it's nice to be in an environment where you're like, These are real people around my age mm-hmm. and they feel the mm-hmm. same nerves that we do. So so are, are we qualified? Yeah. Because you know, like, yeah. it went from like, I'll never do TV to like, there I am seven weeks in a row. I'm like what the heck? <laughs> like it was very, it was very much a, a shot. I still don't believe it. I am still afraid to watch it. But yes. <laughs> that's just you haven't watched it? You haven't seen it. I, I start like, so it's different. Uh, I had to watch it with my staff uh, because like, so it's very weird because you do it and then there's a period of time mm-hmm. and then it happens. And then, the people that are watching it feel like they're watching it real time right yeah and that's good i mean that means it captured the they captured the experience it's great for everybody unless you competed because when you messed up you're just like oh god yeah, i don't want
0: to watch this and then like
2: you you know like you know like i know exactly what's going to happen at like eight forty five on thursday yeah like, i have an idea of like oh they're going to say you're in the bottom and then i'm going to get messages from all my friends and tim why are you on the bottom <laughs> you know I've, I've been dealing with this trauma for the last six months yeah. I don't want you, like, you
0: know? and yeah. i'm
2: also in the middle of restaurant service so like like so, I'd have to watch it just to make sure that like what was you know like everything was was lining up because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't saying anything stupid or like you know like this is what actually happened. Um, so, but when I watched it, it, was for objective reasons. I was like, this is what this is what they got me saying and doing. Like this is this is this is good because you know then I can have a conversation and and just just talk to the people that did it. However, I didn't like I didn't pay any attention to what was going on because mentally you, you when you were there, you don't want to see I don't even like my own voice. So to, like see <laughs> oh, me on I I don't care how how cool how awesome people think I am. Like I have a, a problem with that. So that's just a personal thing. So I just I just can't do it. And I'm not the only one. Like everyone else just yeah. like, like, damn, like, yeah, it's it's so hard to watch. Like it's so hard to watch because it's normally like if you're on like DVD and like a demo for like from the news, it's a like, 30 seconds, 60 yeah. seconds. A whole hour. Like, come on. Like yeah. it's, it's so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Then
2: then you just like start to question like why did I say that? You know, like uh-huh. you get, you look at and you're, as a chef, you're always critical. So it doesn't get any better as chefs. I think for, maybe for others, it's like cool I'm on TV, but for us we were just like, this is how many be represented in real life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're all very like we're introverts, we're kind of like elusive people. We don't go out very often in, in like gigantic groups. So it's a it's a shock for us. Were for sure.
1: you hanging out after filming, like in the sense of like when it would wrap for the day? Were you what were you doing to decompress? I guess it's a two part question.
2: Uh, So when we were done, like it was I mean, we had to all be there. Obviously. Yeah. So the way for, for fairness, um, everyone has to be there just to make sure. like, Because, you know, you'd be weird. It'd be weird if someone like someone got sent home and you're just like, why did you come home after? You know, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get out. So. So preferred us to keep us all, all there but uh, when you're when you're filming it's uh you know you can't do stuff like you can't you can't be like looking at recipes and things because that's cheating. Yeah. So a lot of it is a lot of self I say self reflection. Yeah. If you look in our notebooks those notebooks were given to us and they were like our lifesavers sometimes cuz you would just write in it mm-hmm. and then when you reflect on it, you look back at it you just go did I actually like you're like who's a psychopath <laughs> wow <laughs> like at the time you're a psycho, you know it's it's not a, it's not a familiar thing for us so so uh like all of us have our own notebooks and we all still keep them now like the ones that they gave us yeah. because we don't want anyone to to see our thoughts yeah. and our feelings if you want to like try yeah. and try and poach someone's ideas and minds looking into that is very uh, i would say very introspective because i'm not a right like i don't like i don't draw things very often and i i don't do well with prepless but i was just like five six seven two tablespoons 15 grams of this uh, idea one what if this fails idea two idea twelve what happens if i'm on the bottom three what happens if i'm on the top three? you just start writing you just like write your feelings away because you don't also like you know you don't interact as much mm-hmm. um when, when we we're in a pandemic we didn't get a chance to interact as much as we normally normally got to mm-hmm. so it was very very tough to kind of bring it all back in and go that direction um again you, we learned a lot about ourselves <laughs> the entire mm-hmm. time it was very very introspective uh when you get everything else stripped away from you mm-hmm. because also normally you have like work calls and like you're dealing with like when you wake up as a chef it's like you get a call at 7 a.m this is messed up oh the order's coming at 8 you're there at 9 30 mm-hmm. and you get to the things something goes wrong you fix that put out a fire's those are all gone so we're habituated to that sort of lifestyle and mm-hmm. it's like now it's gone like what we, should we be meditating like should we be like yeah. what should we be doing we all found some um some some good good exercise on bikes we're like cool it's oh, nice good. to have this exercise bike around so
0: yeah i mean it's like I hadn't really ever considered that aspect of it. It's like such a shock to the system to be completely taken out of your normal life and
1: routine. Well, and I'm just thinking about the people that are worried, like maybe the restaurant just closed and so you're marinating on that as well and oh yeah
2: it's uh, it's something that's like and again it was it was our choice so yeah. like, there was, they were not like do this or don't we were all excited to be on there and there was a reason for that is because it's a good opportunity to make a, a difference in a platform yeah. that you wouldn't normally be able to like do people always talk about like hey i'm going to be on food network and going to be the star and do this and that but they don't think about the rigors of, of the daily job um this is something that was designed to showcase our talents and you don't you rarely get a chance to to have people that invest so much in you mm-hmm. and how much do they actually know you like you don't you don't mm-hmm. know but it's uh it's a it's a good chance to like you are you when they when they show you it's not like they edited you to, to look this way and is actually like um they're very good about uh mm-hmm. care of the chefs um, yeah. we are we are referred to as chefs all the time i mean yeah. yes we are talent but we are the chefs and every time like you needed something you wanted something their production team was so amazing they made the experience like worthwhile for us because it was so hard some days to be like hey i just want to like yeah. go outside and you can't do that. Oh my like, You can't gosh. just go outside because if you break the bubble, yeah, you know, what, what are you doing? Like, you could jeopardize the entire show. Yeah. So, and if you look at it that way, like, we were all, this was the first year that we were all on the same pages. Like, everyone that was filming, everyone that was on the casting team, everyone that was competing, every PA, like, we all had to be together. Yeah. Uh, so we all, it wasn't just us that felt it as chefs. They also felt it too. And normally it's like, yeah, they can go outside and have, a, they can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, they got to be in the hotel also. Like, we all got to be stuck there together. So you learned, like, if we had one, bad like grape in there it would have been bad for all of us like because if one person had just decided to be be that jerk or that mm-hmm. asshole or say make some racist comment like it would have it would have been what can you do we're all stuck there mm-hmm. I like, think it, it's over so yeah it's a very challenging scenario so i'm i'm grateful that we had so such amazing people and i learned a lot about like production for that i was like this is so cool to see that you have so many people behind this so many people busting their ass to make us us look mm-hmm. good maybe they make us look mm-hmm. good like I look a lot better on there than I look in real life. Like, they, they got my burns out and everything. It was amazing. So, you know, it's, it's cool to see that they do that. And they don't really ask for anything in return. I mean, they're asking you for, for you to be like, hey, you be you. Yeah. And it, if I could offer advice, it's always like, that's weird. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very strange. It's, it's like I'm outside. It's like, uh, they mean it. They say, please be yourself. Because if you're trying to be somebody else, number one, like, yeah, you could pass it off for, like, an episode. Yeah. And then the next one, you're you. Like, you can't do it for the amount of time you're filming. Yeah. If you're making anywhere, you got to be yourself, and your true colors will come out. So it's easier to just accept that and accept that they picked you for a very specific reason because, I mean, there's 15 of us mm-hmm. that came this year. I imagine, I mean, I, I don't have an exact number, but I imagine there was over, over several thousand mm-hmm. that initially applied and even more that were in the in, the, in the get-go, and they reduced it down every single time to the 15 of us. So they've already invested before we showed up. You know, it's it's very humbling to say, to say the least like even if you know if you go there and you, you get sent home first it's it's still like an achievement yeah
0: mm, yeah just to have gotten there is there like so you're, you know talking about your notebook and like the keeping track of things and stuff so when you're like walking into day one and you go into the quick fire challenge like do you go in with like a recipe in mind, or like a few options in mind that you could adapt to whatever the challenge is.
2: There's all kinds of ideas of how best best to approach it. Um, I have I changed my strategy after the first <laughs> one because, like, you know, you you go and you're like, you're like, this is so. The first mindset is like, hey, let me watch a lot of Top Chef and I'm going to learn mm-hmm. about how, how they do this and I'm going to be better somehow. And then you realize, like, you're like, these are challenges. It's not like it's it's designed for you to mm-hmm. fail. It's not designed for you to yes. Succeed. It's not how this works because how can you like. How do you defend yourself from somebody else uh, if everything is so easy for everybody? So, so that that isn't given enough credit. Secondarily, what is not given enough credit is like, like I said, there's 14 other chefs in the beginning. Like, you don't know 14 of these other chefs. Any one of them could be like, I'm going to shove you. Like, you don't know. Like Sometimes that happens. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be this jerk person. Uh, how do you also deal with that when you have 30 or 20 minutes to prepare a dish? Mm-hmm. Tertiarily, what if they go, hey, look at these two random people around you. You're going to work on a team together you're going to bring an ingredient from your house <laughs> and you're going to try and find a way to cooperate. Um, and luckily, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've always got a bit of team player, yeah. So I think I did okay in the team challenge. Whenever there's anything with the team, I, I did, I think I did all right. And that was just cause I was like, Hey, you know, either we all look bad or We all yeah. look good. There's no like one person looks good in this. And also if it's together thing, it's usually like if you're on a winning team, you're safe. Right. Mm-hmm. So ultimately if you took the stats that you said, there's a one in five chance that I could be this person or that person. Yeah. And you go, well, if one of the three of us does a good job and we all support that one person, we're not going home, right? Yeah. There's no, we get another chance. So what's the big deal? Work together, right? Yeah. I think sometimes like you get people that are very much like, this is my chance to prove a point. Mm -hmm. This is how Mm -hmm. we're going to do it. And that does work in your own restaurant, but with other chefs, you've got to collaborate. So I was put with like Byron and uh, Nelson Mm -hmm. and we had no, we had no idea. And it was, it was really funny um, because we showed up and we started doing it. And you know, the first two things I had, my mom's apple chutney, Byron brought my daughter um and you know and nelson was just like hey uh i have my my background and i'm gonna make this dish and i was like my my goal was like how do i bring the three of us yeah. together before anything else i was like i can work you know we are all chefs so we have experience in all these things so if it's if it's not my job to prepare the protein or not my job to prepare the starch i can focus on this and if we all know we're working on one thing all three of us can produce three awesome things in one place yeah and then bring it together conversation about that and i think that was like the that was the cool thing about like that challenge for us is like we really had no idea we were and, um, you know, we were all from different cultural backgrounds, mm-hmm. too. And we all wanted, like, you know, when you're from a cultural background, what is a, and I'd say it's sometimes it's a mistake, is What is what, what does a chef want to do? Let me show you how, uh, how, how Bengali I, do. I am. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and it's like, and it's not. It's like does that even mean that's how you are, or does it mean how you think you want yourself to be seen on TV? Yeah. And that's where it gets
0: Because
2: the first thing I said is, I'm from Columbus, Ohio, because that's where I was born. I didn't say, hey, I'm a... Uh, I'm Bengali, I, I'm bilingual like these are things that will come out if if I can right sure. um, yeah so it was, it was it was definitely like a challenge that the people everything else but doing the doing the challenge was great because we all were mature enough to be like hey you nail this you do this I'll do this and you know I, I'll make a mushroom puree I was, initially we were going to do a fish and I was like I don't think we have enough time to do a fish plus I see them doing a fish why don't we do scallops and he goes okay chef you do the scallops I got this um I'm going to make a vinaigrette and Nelson's like I want to do you know I'm going to do I'm going to do these things I'm going to work this way and we came together and we said how can we take these three pieces of the puzzle and make a dish. And I think that's a, uh, that's a cool thing about cooking is um, you might all have completely different backgrounds, but if you go, we're trying to make somebody happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You focus on that. It comes out a lot better than, uh, than just one person saying, well, I'm going to make them happier than you. We're like, yes. that's that's about. about like, what can we do to, to do it? Um, and also uh, uh, they did both cut themselves. Oh, when, they uh, did
0: uh, <laughs> on that one what? challenge. <laughs>
2: well you're nervous. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. like when you can do the tv thing like it doesn't matter how awesome you are like it's gonna oh, yeah. happen like, i don't care what anybody says i survived uh, somehow without without doing without doing that but it was mostly because i was just like i'm not gonna like i was i made a very conscious point to take my time because i i i knew i was gonna slow me down if i did it yeah but you know within the first like within the first five minutes you're gonna see people be like Medic, yeah like, you know, cause,
0: wow because you get nervous yeah. like, it doesn't matter yeah. how much
2: you've done it uh, there's two times that we all know from the culinary side—that you hurt yourself or you cut yourself. One is if you're going too fast, and two is if you're not paying attention. Hmm. It doesn't happen the other mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and it does slow um, you down ultimately. Like, yeah, yeah. So,
2: in that, you have to do both. So, you can't focus on one task because you have people running around screaming and like this gigantic <laughs> and, yeah. and then also, you got to go fast because you got 20 minutes. So they're like, you know, like it's, it's going to happen. It's, it's bound to happen. It's what do you do after it happens? You go, okay, I'm done. We get pissed off, or you go, I got teammates mm-hmm. counting on me. Yeah. And then. The most interesting thing that I saw is as the challenges got on and the team challenges started, we were more concerned about making sure our teammate was, you know, like we were we were proud to work together and say that I didn't disappoint them as opposed to saying, This guy sucked. Um, the throwing under the bus thing didn't really happen that often. Yeah. And that was very, very cool to see. Like I did so to be honest, I didn't know what's going on with other teams because yeah. you mm. just focus on what you're doing. You're not like, Oh, look at them over there. I'm gonna change this. Uh you're just like, I got a half an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's make this work. <laughs> and and it was cool to see and, uh, you know, in here that we all got along ultimately. Like we all felt the same mm-hmm. way it's a lot easier when you are all on the same page than if it's just, like, one of you is.
0: Totally. Um, you kind of brought up identity a little bit in that, and um, I've always wondered, you know, pretty much every season there's, like, one, maybe two Indian chefs on the show. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's the piece of cooking for Padma, who's also Indian, and... Yeah, it's scary, uh, by <laughs> the way.
2: Like, you know, like, whenever you're doing that, you're like, this person has more experience than yeah. I do. They're gonna, <laughs> like, should you do it or should you not? And they're also, like, be hey, yourself, right? So, like... Yeah.
0: Totally And you
2: always know better You always know better Until you do it Well Yeah I'm sorry And
0: do you feel like you Like you know I just wonder what it was like From your end to kind Did you feel like Oh I have to prove something About Indian food Because I am who i am or like and you mentioned like the cooking rice thing which like you know i think that was what eventually sent you home or was like the one thing oh uh, actually it did not
2: it was it wasn't the rice uh, the rice i nailed on the last oh, okay
0: <laughs> sorry i was remembering was like, wrong it was it was the other stuff it was
2: yeah it was uh, the curry and everything else okay, but okay, um okay yeah the rice the rice are not oddly enough yeah that, that was I was feeling good. I was like, "Cool!" Like, you know, I, I nailed. I finished the rice curse, and it was interesting because, like, you know, sometimes you fall upon a choice because you have to, yeah. not because you want to. And I had to make rice. I so was it. I didn't like. I was like, "How do I feed this many people? This mm-hmm. what starches do I have an option mm-hmm. to?" And um, rice made the most sense, so I picked rice. And uh, instead of worrying about everything else, I was like, "Please, please, please, please! I can't. <laughs> Third time, I can't, I can't do this. You know, this this can't be the way." And ultimately, the other thing too is you curse yourself because mm-hmm. you messed up once. How many times have you been like, "Oh, I got this," and then you forget about it, and then it comes to bite you, and then that's like that's like that becomes what like holds you back every time you do it. It's like, oh my goodness, I, I can't make rice. Uh, that was that was something I did because partially, yeah, I needed to I needed to get out of my own head mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like if I can't figure this out. How am I going to do the rest of it? Because obviously, if I, it's something that I'm familiar with and I can't do it, it's not the it's not the show that's making me not not do it. It's not the competition. It's it's my own mistake. Mm-hmm. So how do I fix it? Because, you know, like I said, my life started with rice. So let me focus on that first, and then I can focus on the rest of the stuff. You know, I want to make sure that it was sustainable, sustainable uh, growth along the competition. The yeah, get better every time, not get any worse. And you know, sometimes it goes your way, and sometimes it doesn't. That's the thing. That's the, again, the thing about challenges is, sometimes they're challenges, and sometimes there uh, there's nothing you could ever do. The entire world to prepare for. There's nothing you could ever do, ever adapt to. You just have to. You just have to go with the cards you're dealt, and that is uh, that is the, the challenge. Um, but to get, I'm sorry, I got distracted. To get along with your, uh, to to respond to your question about. Did I feel like I had to prove myself as a, and you know, I'm also a Bengali American. Yes, yeah, so, you're Bengali. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a harder subset uh, to deal with because, you know, I, I get I get mistaken as an Indian American. You're South a lot. Asian. So, yeah, South yeah. Asian. And, you know, it's, just, it's always a, that's to explain the difference has always been tough. They're like, oh, where are you from? And I'd say, yeah, Bangladesh. And they're like, what's that? <laughs> that's been my, my childhood. Yeah. So to try and explain, like, yeah, not only is it a country, but it's a country that in the 70s, like, you know, when my parents grew up, they were not part of that country because it wasn't its own country. Mm-hmm. They went through a war from independence. And they, the country, and you know we're also we're Buddhists in a Muslim country, so mm-hmm. there's a lot more to the story than are you just Indian? And yes. uh, one, it's cool to be just Indian first of all. Yeah. So put that out <laughs> anything identified as as something other than Asian Pacific Islander, because like you used to be the survey, and I was like but I'm not from the Pacific Islands, So do I check this or do I get other? I'm I the same. Know, I, don't, I, don't I
0: have this issue every time and I say other because I don't. Yeah,
2: I don't. I don't I'm just not sure how to respond. It's not like I Like, I just, I just don't want to be like, hey, this is the demographic that I'm in when I'm in my own demographic. So I'm not sure like how it's beneficial. It's one of those things that it's, I'm not like offended by it. I just don't know how to exactly. do it. Exactly. Um, it's yeah. never been like clear to me what I'm supposed to say. Um, and my mom's always like, just put Bangla. You know, <laughs> we're from there.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah, other.
2: Bangla, <laughs> <laughs> So that was a, I get the double thing where I have to explain also, like, yeah, we don't, you know, like, although it is arguable that chicken tikka masala, the most eponymous British-American, in British-Indian-American dish, came from a Bengali chef mm. in England mm. because we're very resourceful people.
0: So I didn't know that. That's interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, the, I mean, there's, there's many stories behind it because because it was always a variation. Like, originally, it was uh, on makhni. It was uh, chicken makhni. Was, it, it went a, a, a different variation from Moti Mahal. But the story goes that they had, like, grilled chicken, right? They were always doing tandoori chicken. Mm-hmm. Um and they had a, uh, a distinguished guest came in, uh, which was probably someone who was drunk or upset, <laughs> and said, "Hey, this chicken's too dry. It's you know, it's a day old." And you know, we Bengalis were very uh, resourceful people, and he was probably pissed off. He's like, "Well, I got a can of tomato soup, and that's why my can of tomato soup is part of historically accurate. Is they used a uh, tomato soup and heavy cream to try and make this dish work because you know there's a lot of Bengalis in Italy, uh, in England, and all mm-hmm. over, and that was kind of like that's the." Uh, that's one of the alternative stories. So I don't know if it's true, but it's, it's a cool story. It's like, uh, yeah. hey, why would you? Yeah. You know, I personally, um, you know, my mom's lactose intolerant, so I don't work with heavy cream mm. too much. In fact, in a lot of Bangla cooking, we don't use any yeah. dairy whatsoever. So that's one of those key differences that I can't explain to people. Like, all those things are different, but subset of India, Bengali. That wasn't important. What was most important to me was, is this food good? Can I make mm-hmm. it? Um, if I make good food and I'm on the show to be a mm-hmm. chef, then I can tell you about my background if you think that I'm a good chef. Yes. You know, it's not. it's got nothing to do with, like, hey. Let me let me make up for poor poor technique by saying that I'm Bengali or I'm from from India because that's also a vice. You can just go, hey, well they won't understand. You know they don't they don't, they don't know how this works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to just taste good first. Uh, that's that's why it's food television. Mm-hmm. Not like a stand. It's not like reality TV. Reality TV.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's interesting to hear. That did. Um... Did you and Padma like ever talk about stuff on the side like that only South Asians I mean, would understand?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a banter on the side, just because you know, because uh, I don't, I don't know if she actually, uh, if she actually liked me. I, I want to believe that she liked me. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I think she liked everybody. Yeah. I think that they, I think when they start the the casting process, um, you know, they want to make sure people that are there, are people that they can, they can get behind and like. Because mm-hmm. again, it's 15 people and if one person looks bad all of us yeah. look bad so like it's a, the thing is like i think that that's the way it is but it's, inter- it's it was a little interaction this year specifically because of covid like again no one could afford to like interact as much as they normally yeah. could i mean yeah i'm still here so if you want to out, you can for sure but it's not like a i can't expect that anyone had enough time to really get to know each other all all that well just because we were we were so focused on making sure that we could do a good job and um, stay safe.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, ultimately like we all agreed at the end of the day, like every single person in production judges cast said what we are doing is we're in the middle of a pandemic and, uh, People are watching a lot more TV. Mm -hmm. We think it's not a bad thing for people to have some escapism in their life and to see these stuff. So how can we put on something very good for everybody by being ourselves? And that was like the thing is like, if we be ourselves and just do this and every day is different. And even in filming was different because like, oh, the city's on fire. What do you do now? Right. (laughs) You got to change. You got to change. Oh, there's protests. Like you can't be filming out here. You know, there's, oh, you can't go to Whole Foods because it's against policy. We're going to break the bubble. All those things are like very, very challenging. But if we all say, hey, our goal is to produce Mm -hmm. something. That everyone will enjoy, and in the same process, we can inspire and say, "Hey, there's a future for the industry. Let's do it." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no matter what small thing happened, at the end of the day, that's, that was that was it. Was we kept focusing on that. that? Is like, yeah, there's going to be a problem. Something is going to go wrong. This entire season's already wrong to get from the get go because we're in a, in a pandemic. so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: but yeah, and the interaction we had was was pleasant. Um, she, she's very, very well spoken.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> a great host. A yeah. I was um, wondering. Let's go. Can we dip into your history of like? Your history with cooking, and like who was the person that taught you how to cook, and all that kind of stuff. What would
2: you like to hear? I mean, I can I can talk about that for years. So that's not, um, not an issue. Um,
1: when was the first time that you were in the kitchen, kind of getting your hands dirty with cooking?
2: Um, in terms of actual cooking, mm-hmm. cooking, it was after college. Oh, so I didn't, yeah, yeah, I didn't. Uh, it was like college and after college. It was not. I did not touch. I did not try to attempt to make any actual food until that point because well, number one, my mom's best trip. <laughs> oh, we, we've all established yeah. this, and my mom is everyone's mom is a better cook than everyone else's Mom, but my mom is actually she's uh, a lot of other moms. Mom's asked my mom for the advice and stuff. Oh yeah, and, you know, she's like her, the auntie that everyone goes work. to. <laughs> <laughs> she is.
0: Like,
2: the thing is, like, we always threw the dinner parties. That was the thing was we'd always have the, the big dinner parties. It was important for uh, for us to do that just because uh, one, um, my mom wanted to bring she wanted to bring part of part of what she grew up having here, mm-hmm. and then two was, um, you know, it's a good way to bring the community together. And you're saying, hey, we have a we did Bengali New Year's every year at our house, and we did like my mom also teaches Bengali dance, oh, so nice. she's very much about a. Uh, and traditional Bengali dance, not like the new Bollywood yeah. style. They're, they're both good, but they're different. It's it's, it's a it's a lot more uh, it's a different core um, so I never really had a need to, and I actually didn't appreciate any of the food she made as a kid, I'm not gonna lie. Uh as as a Bengali American Columbus, all you want is like some meatloaf, some Taco Bell. Like that's that's what you want to eat. That's um, how you know, I had like, the
0: same experience. Same was, experience. And
2: it's like it was like it was shameful to say such things, but also like me and my friends spoke English, even though we were Bengali. And then my parents would come and be like, hey, Maratha kara. To me English. Yeah. You know, like, they'd be like, Don't speak English, you're gonna lose you're gonna lose your ability to speak Bengali. So it was always in our family, we talk to our parents that way, but we talk amongst our friends mm-hmm, um, in English. And they say, Hey, you're too American, you know, that's you're too Americanized, that's another thing that comes out later on. But that entire process was, yeah, I didn't have to do any cooking um, at all. I didn't want to eat any of her food. <laughs> I didn't think she was that good of a cook. Like it was to the point where like they had to feed me candy to get me to eat food Oh my goodness. Wow. You know, <laughs> I had a worse. I had the worst sweet tooth. Like I could. I, so when it was like Halloween, like we would take the pillowcase because one, my parents are Bengali, so we had to be efficient. Yeah. <laughs> to like we're they're like we're not buying a stupid pumpkin. <laughs> like, that's, that's a waste of money. So so we get the pillowcase. We come back oh. with the candy, and they always knew it was me because all that would be left in that pillowcase after two days, like banana. Roll. Oh. All, all the other. Candy- I'd like climb on top of like the thing and take it. And that was like that. I was not at all interested in any sort of cooking or any, any sort of food culture. Uh, the, the only things that I liked was I liked Taco Bell because like, you know, it was crunchy. It was fat. like, I, I somehow, for some reason, I liked the textural contrast of Taco Bell. I looked at the kids meals from McDonald's cause I wouldn't eat the meals. I would just take yeah. the toy. <laughs> and that was like, for me to eat the toy, for me to get the toy, I had to eat it. And you know, what would happen is my mom is a big fan of chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. So we made a compromise is she would eat the chicken nuggets. And I would get the filet of fish deluxe, so that okay. was the one thing I liked a lot was uh, the filet of fish with lettuce and the uh, tartar sauce. Like that That's was like the that foodie was
0: McDonald's.
2: <laughs> it, it is now, but back then it was trash. Like i remember, like, why would you? Like yeah. how do you get a square fish? Like it doesn't make any <laughs> yeah, sense. Like, exactly. Like... <laughs> but, but there's a big history also. Like weird thing is I I really like that was one of my culinary goals to I try and create memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I think about the first. I think about what I enjoyed from McDonald's, and I go like, I'm always surprised to hear that I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. But then I go. Hey, we're all the same. Yeah, like, we all like the same stuff. So why don't we focus on that instead of like, you know, like let me make this. I was like, what if I just made something that was like, what if I use Chilean sea bass and made it look like a square patty, and I didn't go like, hey, this is something that I I fermented for two weeks and then put this over there. Like let's eat, let's keep it simple. Yeah, maybe I did that. But if it tastes like a filet fish at McDonald's and it looks like one, and I get somebody who has no no idea of food like me yeah. and picks it up and goes, damn, this is the yeah. best filet fish I ever had in my entire life, and then you go like. We'll use used and sea bass. We'll use meekly. We'll used all these things. You took three days to make the French fries. Why? Well, I go because that's what got me into food. Yeah, but, you know, that's ah. the that's memory that I have. Like, that's why I started enjoying food. It's like stuff like that. Like I don't, I, I don't see why it has to be. Protected. That sounds um, so yes. delicious that's that's right, right now. Massive. I would
1: love to eat that fancy fillet of fish.
2: <laughs> Whenever I do like a podcast and talk about like the cheesy brisket crunch or some of the dishes that I'm like more or less known for, like it's funny because everyone's like, oh. You make junk food. I was like, sure, if you want to call it that, but is that not the most universally approachable food that anyone can afford to eat? And why yeah. wouldn't you want to make it better?
1: Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It's, it's that,
2: well, I think that I
1: think food it's can a, be really intimidating too, especially gen- high end food. Yeah, it's very food, intimidating for me. You know, and yeah. you know, we you see these fancy dishes, or you go to these restaurants, and you and you want to pick something, especially when you go to a nice restaurant, and you're strapped for cash. You want to pick something you you know you're going to enjoy. Yeah. You know? And some, and that's, like, familiar oftentimes.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's going to taste like something that I know I like.
1: Exactly. And not exactly.
0: just, like, something with yeah. a bunch of ingredients I've never heard of or techniques exactly. that, like, sound foreign to me.
2: For sure. I, mean, I think the biggest thing that we see now happening a lot more is you're seeing people that um, they develop enough confidence and technique to say this is, I'm proud to serve. Mm-hmm. this is, something that I'd be like, this is something that I would serve my restaurant. When I started cooking, it was again, it was professionally when I started cooking, it was like, this. Is, these are my memories of food. It wasn't going to a three-star restaurant. It wasn't going to, you know, like I've gone to this restaurant since and I've learned a lot more yeah. from them, and I respect mm-hmm. a lot of what they're doing. And I just always go like, I really appreciate how they focus on this technique yeah. or how they get this ingredient and make it taste this way. How can I make that in a way that my family would come and eat it and that's what of my always been my example is i always go back to my roots because what did we actually my roots aren't like hey i'm calling american all one necessarily it's my parents are like what's under ten dollars in the Yes. fine like, like, yeah. <laughs> dining for me was longhorn steakhouse yeah and i would go at the longhorn steakhouse and i get a filet uh, filet mignon kid size because you know yeah. and it had to be well done because i couldn't have anything rare because you know where they came from that's not like an acceptable thing to yeah. do so i those those things and i go there is room to to say that there is something to be said about food for food yeah. itself. Not necessarily like, hey, how can I like impress you so much that you don't care how it tastes? Because that seems to be the way that it can go as mm-hmm.
1: well. Yeah, it can get like so heady. I, guys, I have to f- hop off. I'm so sorry. I have a no, hard okay. stop. I have to go pick up my kids. But it was so nice talking to you for the short amount of time. Yes. Indra's going to carry the torch. Because I still have some questions. Okay. Bye, Deanna. Bye. Sure. Thanks, Thanks
0: so much. much. Thank you. Like, so... After college then how, like what was your first restaurant job or like what was your first thing
2: Yeah so after college it was it was interesting um I was supposed to become a doctor and that was kind of what I was I didn't have any choices cooking was always just like a hobby mm-hmm. for me I found the joy in cooking through like through the fact that I had to prepare food for myself mm-hmm. And I didn't really have anything else going on. And like once I went from high school to college, I was like, "Well, I miss I miss this food. Um, I need to make it at some point because I can't afford to be eating out all the time." Um, And then uh, I got a book from the library. Uh, It was called Chinese Cooking for Dummies because Chinese cooking is also like you know in Bengali, it's if you go out to eat, you're going to eat Chinese. So I was like, "Cool, let me find a way to make this." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I tried to do that, um, and I successfully almost burned down an apartment (laughs) three times. So I, I. I just thought of it. Like I've been saying two to everybody, but it is actually happened the third time. The third time was probably the worst. And that's when I—that's when I got confident in my technique. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because the, <after>, yeah. <laughs> the first time you mess up it's like, oh, I, I better take it easy, and you get scared. Uh-huh. But but you're still interested, right? It's like it's like when you fall off a bike. You're like, oh, I I gotta I gotta try yep. again. So you go easy, and then like the second time, you're like, oh okay, well this is just a mistake. And the third time, it's because you're like, oh I'm I know what I'm yeah. doing, and I thought I knew what I was doing, and I decided to put something into an oven for I was like 12 hours with no water in it. I was thinking, but Totally. And, totally. Like, it, was, it was like everything was on fire and I had to extinguish something from a stove. Oh my God. My unit was gone for the time. So it was very, very embarrassing. He was also my landlord. So sorry, sorry, Robbie. Now you know <laughs> that I almost burned <laughs> it once when you were gone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you like had the fire extinguisher nearby and were...
2: Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's sometimes it's, it's one of these things I talk about. Sometimes it's good to be set up for failure instead of success. <laughs> yeah. if you mess yeah. up, like then you, if you, you know that if, if you mess up, you'll still be able to pull it off. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so basically that was when I started cooking but outside of that um, when I was in college uh, I was at a job and my, my brother opened up a restaurant so I thought mm-hmm. I'd go to learn how to professionally cook because I was like hey um, it couldn't hurt for me to understand how to utilize these ingredients and techniques to make this stuff for my house because I was just focused on consistent results this is kind of a science background Yes, yeah. I wanted to turn out because, you know, you follow a recipe or you follow my mom's recipes and you don't because she throws five spices when you're not looking. Yeah. And it's, it's never the same. But there's or, no
0: measuring. There's nothing. No, no way. There's no. there's
2: no way you can ever make it. as. And I'm okay with that. But mm-hmm. for me, on a daily basis, I say, hey, I want you to enjoy this food. I want it to be the same for everybody. Yeah. So I started working professionally in a, in a restaurant. I started in front of the house and I still like that's that's I got cut my teeth in there and it was cool because I could I learned that I could make a difference in somebody's lives or make them pick something based on what I suggested. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever listens to me, so it's cool that I could do that as a server. And then I moved my way to the to the bar and I was definitely not old enough to, to bartend. But yeah. <laughs> I mean Sorry, I, I was definitely old enough to bartend is what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I learned about cocktails. And it was cool because it's like you can combine these things, right? And you can make a drink for someone and they're they're happy and they talk about it and they talk to you when you get to learn about their life and their story. Yeah. And I was like this is really neat but no matter what like i was doing those and i was making money but i was like how do you make that demi-glaze how do you make a Mm. gravy like how do you make the kfc you know like i was just thinking about the stuff that i had in fast food and stuff that memories of. i was like i really like chicken fried steak with white gravy but i didn't know how to make it and i look online but because i didn't see other people doing it it was very there was no youtube back then so like what's the technique so i started reading books and doing it i i fought my way to the to the kitchen got paid the least to be in the kitchen but after like two weeks there i was like this is this is kind of what I want to do. Yeah. However, something that I want to do doesn't mean something I could ever do. So after the restaurant shut down and I finished college, it was, I took the MCAT. You know, yeah. And it's like, you're going to medical school, you're going to medical school. And luckily, uh, after I took the MCAT, like that one test was enough to deter me from <laughs> going to medical school. It was, it was just, I was like, this is weird. It's like a prison. Like, you know, you need to like put your fingerprint in to use a bathroom. Like, this is so, it's so much. And then not only that, but like, just the fact that I had to like pay for a class yeah. to learn how to take the test. I, you know, it was it was getting to the point where I was like, I think that people are exploiting the fact that they go, if you're a doctor, you can make some money. Because if you invest this money up front yeah. by being a review program, like how much money do you think they made? If you think about all your friends and like people that you know that did that yeah. stuff. Because I still have like my friends review, and they're useless to me now. Yeah. And all they do is like, keep this passage, do that. So yeah, that was a, uh, that was a moment where I got up and I was like, maybe I can do medicine. Like, maybe something I can do if I put my heart to it, I can. But I don't really want to be judged based on a test that has got nothing at all to do with. Like who you it's are. It's just got to do with how well I can take a test. Yeah. And it doesn't It doesn't really care who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest part is like, why am I investing so much into something that I'm not going to make a difference on, honestly. Like, wow. I, I can make a difference literally in saving somebody's life for yeah. sure yeah i think the only time that i would make a difference i'm pretty clumsy <laughs> so it would be the opposite so that's why i was like maybe that's not for me also there's all these like small factors but you got but that, that was far
0: like, in the process i mean i didn't have, like i didn't
2: have a choice though it was the thing is like back then there was no yeah. like i didn't get to pick you know it was a little bit different back then there was no like and also cooking wasn't cool it still isn't cool i mean now it's getting yeah. cooler i guess but it was never viewed as a profession you know in, in our culture yeah. it's lowest of the low if you're serving somebody yep. then you're basically a piece of shit like you you are worse than that you are your job is to just do this and not get anywhere in mm-hmm, life mm-hmm. and so to say that this is what i want to do for my career path uh you can imagine what my parents yeah did. especially like you know i went to private school for 13 years i did all these things mm-hmm. you know it was a lot of uh there was a lot of a lot of build up to this this decision and it did not go over well and i it was like the only middle ground was they said hey if you want to decide to cook professionally, you're going to go to school for it. And then, you know, I applied to culinary institute of America because I was like, "Well, you want me to? Go, you know, Harvard is good. You know, like all these schools are good. You got to go to the version of that for culinary." So I did. And then at the end, I was like, "I don't really want to go to culinary school." Over the last three years, I amassed like 600 books, like 600 cookbooks, yeah. and I just been reading them, reading them all the time. And I, I had learned enough from the cookbooks because that's your way into getting into restaurants without being at the restaurants. Yeah. That um, it had it had gotten to the point where I was like, should I should I do this? But we found a middle ground, and I found a program locally that was it was great. It was Columbus State. It's a community college, uh-huh. and I love community college because it gives people an opportunity to learn. Yes. If when you go to that college, you want to learn, you're not just going there because you're like, oh, you know, it's it's a it's a weird weird conception we've had in the past that it's not good enough. I think that's bullshit. No, because I learned more in my three years at Columbus State um the, than I did in my four years at Ohio State, and I got two degrees. from Yeah, because they care. The the faculty really did care about me. at Ohio State it was so many students that I just didn't. Like I tried really hard to get along and fit in. It couldn't happen because it's hard to do that in undergrad. Oh yeah, um, and when C-State, your classes you
0: are like three hundred plus people or whatever, you know, it's tough. Yeah.
2: it's very very tough. At C State, it was um I I went to school one day of the week. It's one full day, so you go at like six in the morning, and you leave at like eight pm, wow. and then you have to to make up for that. You you work for the rest. Of, you work for the rest of the week because you need to get you need to get like three thousand hours, six thousand hours in three years. Okay. Um. So you have to work forty hours a week, and then your chef that you work for has to sign off on your hours and saying that you are doing your job. So it's, it's based on your actual job instead of being based on a classroom. Yeah, uh, only. which makes so sense both of when these. it's like it a does. vocation it's,
0: like that. Like, obviously.
2: <laughs> it does. And after three years, like after three years in a restaurant, I think you can decide whether you want to do it professionally yeah. or not. That's <laughs> what the problem with some of the other schools is like you'll, you'll go into a classroom for three years. And like, cool, I am I'm, I'm master chef of this. I can nail this torch on a foie gras. And then you go on the real where they're like, well, what do you do with this chicken breast? It's like half bad. You throw the entire thing away. Yeah.
0: The practical side of it, I think, you know, of so much of education in America across all fields, sometimes it gets lost. It's it's like it's not valued as much as it probably should be.
2: Yeah. And I think the most interesting thing about all this is this is the stuff that I kind of defined. Yeah. Me. But for me to actually do those things that were reasonable things to do, it seemed completely unreasonable and feasible for me at the time. I never thought in my life that I'd be able to go work in a restaurant. Seriously, like you know the pressure. It's it's very it's a very aggressive pressure where you're just like, well, this person's kid just got a full scholarship to MIT. This person's kid got this, and you're like, well, what am I going to do? You know, like my parents aren't bad people. I just I want to please them, but this is the only way that I can do it is to be a doctor. Yeah. You feel like like a huge level of disappointment or like you owe them this because they did this yes, for you. And I that's that guilt still like dealing with that mm-hmm. to this day. It's, it's still it doesn't completely go away. But it is nice to see that the situation has changed from where I originally was. Yeah. Um and that, that it's it's there is some there is there is a the future
0: for sure. Absolutely. I um I have felt the same things, you know, I've always been involved in the arts, which mm-hmm. and we're around the same age. I was born in eighty six. So my cool. parents really, you know, there were some tense times and they're so all are sometimes around like what I've chosen to do professionally and it's a lot of like reminding them that I'm okay and I can you know (laughs) that I know I'm not a doctor a lawyer an engineer but I still have like made my way and all these things
2: honestly like you know there's every field has its own issues and some of those issues that I think about that my friends that are in medicine and law I was like you have to be that mindset to be able to do it and I'm not that mindset so I'm glad I didn't end up going that way and also, you know, what's cool is those friends come to my restaurant yeah. to seek happiness. To seek happiness. They're just like, can you make that day better? And I go, you know what? I might not know how to, how to pull a tumor out of your brain, but I can make you a mean drink and I can make you a nice dish and make you feel like you were a kid again for 10 minutes. Totally. And maybe that is something that's valuable, right? There's no like, there's no cost on that. I think like happiness, what we've seen a lot of in the last year, yeah. that's been like the thing is like, how do you make someone's day better? And I think the, the value on that is like, when you look at things that way, suddenly things like TV make sense, yeah. right? You go, okay. How many people can I make happy? How many people can I show the struggle that I went through, yes. uh, the work that I've done, and that it's okay? Like it's always if you if you want to do it, you have my support. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. It's not, not, never easy, but it's because because you always go no, no. My my situation is different, right? Everyone's situation is different. No. That's the one thing that's constant is everyone's situation is always different. But there's a, a mm-hmm. kind of a point where you say, am I going to live this way or that way? Mm-hmm. It's never too late to say I want to do this. Yep. I think people should do that more. I just do it because you know like. I guarantee, if you had gone through the other pathway, you probably would have been like, "Damn, I got to deal with this right yeah. now, like every day," because you live with it. Like, yeah, it's it's something cool, but also now you've committed to it because you also have to pay out your debt if you go to law school, yeah, or medical school. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: exactly. It's like it locks you in for at least a certain amount of time because because of those things. It's kind of an interesting conundrum. So now, tell us like about your your current restaurant situation and like where you're at now and how you've weathered the pandemic and all those things.
2: Sure. So, I mean, honestly, when the pandemic started, it was the first time I've been working in restaurants for, know, plus 10 years at this point, I guess, which is weird because it seems like it was only been two mm-hmm. years, but I've been in, in Columbus outside of Columbus. I went to New York for a little bit of time just to kind of get a feel of how, how to operate or how, how I might want to operate my own restaurant. Yeah. Um, and when we came back, it was, it was an interesting situation. I was going to go buy a spot, uh, but I think I was 24 at the time. Wow. And I was like, do I really oh want really to go into
0: debt? That's wild. <laughs> I was like, do I really want to go?
2: I, I mean, the weird thing is I actually started late. So uh. I, it was after undergrad and then I went to school again. So like most people, when they start culinary school, they're like 18. I mean, I had, I'd had i gotten two undergraduate degrees before I started culinary school. So people will say, I'm too old. Like, nah, you're not. I'm kind of behind all yeah. steps. So all possible. But, but we had, I, I said, hey, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go my own thing. And yeah, I, I came back and they, they I, I was going to sign. I was, I was just kind of tired of landlord. I was like, I'm going to buy a building. Like, you know, it's going to be, it's it's a do or die. I'm going to just go all in wow. and it's not going to be me. I'm going to borrow some money from a lot of people. Yeah, to make this and happen. if it doesn't work out, I was, I was like, the hardest part for me was saying that this is what I want to do my entire life. So now that I'm doing it, I got to do something with it. Right. I can't not do that. I mean, I guess I could not do it if I, whatever, but <laughs> you see the point is like, I just, I wanted to, to make, make a difference yeah. in, in the industry as best as I can. And there's going to be some risks associated so I said, I'm going to do this. But then before I did it, like literally a week before I secured the finances to, to make this happen, um, I got a message on Facebook from a local group. And they said, hey, uh, you know, we want to open up a restaurant. Uh, would you would you consider being a chef for us? And I was like, well, I don't really want to work for anybody, but let me see what they are. And then I got the job at Middle West Spirits. So I did a dinner with them before. It's a distillery, mm-hmm. and it's a grain to glass distillery. I started off doing everything from scratch. and It was just an idea. They talked over dinner. And they're like, what if we made this product like you know before and it's funny because Ohio is the birthplace of prohibition. Yeah. So, like they're like, what if we open up a story in Ohio? Um, you know, we got some good juice and Ryan, Ryan brought over a recipe and he was like, this is good. Let's make it happen. Like that story, not only did the story intrigue me, but I didn't I didn't even care about the story. What, what was interesting was I did a dinner with them and they made this bourbon in Ohio. And I was like, How the hell are you making good bourbon in Ohio? It makes no sense yeah. to me. And then we we like they they were craftsmen first and people that were doing everything from scratch. So I was like, well I wouldn't work for another restaurant group, but this is a group that isn't doing a restaurant, so this might be a good chance for us both to kind of learn from yeah. each other. And I was like, I can, you know, because, you know, there was no roof on the building, and they're like, we're gonna open up a restaurant in two months, and I was like, no, you're not. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you no, know, that's, that's not, it's that's gonna take a little bit longer than that, so. Totally. On my side, like, I was like, I, I don't want these guys to be steered wrong, because also, we have a lot of uh, convent in the culinary industry. Yeah. So, I went in that direction, and I've been there for seven, six or seven years. So wow. I took two years to get the restaurant off the ground uh, because we were expanding the distillery. So in the first two years, I distilled a little. I made some gin and bottled some maple syrup. Like I learned about a learned about a business that's growing. And it was really cool because, you know, there's like four of us. Yeah. So Everyone from like four to nine, there's like over 40 employees. And it's really cool to see like the growth of a company and be part of that uh, because, you know, I get to talk to the owners. There's no like board yeah, or yeah. no like corporation. Or people that are like real people. And you can see like the real struggles that mm-hmm. you have as a business. Everyone's like, oh, everything works so well. But everything, everything is a process and involves a lot of like heartache and a lot of work. Yeah. And you know, they're catching their 401ks to make this happen. So, yeah, business. I learned quite a lot about restaurant side. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, it's a terrible kitchen in terms of like our space is tiny. Mm. Like it's, 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 it's like a closet inside of a closet. Oh. <laughs> and we have uh, overproof alcohol in the back. So, I saw that, and I looked at that as a challenge. Yeah. I was like, why not? Like, I'm so tired. of When I started cooking, it was always, um, "We can't make this in house because uh, because we don't have the space, or we can't do this because of that." And our mindset was like, "Why not? If we can do it, we're gonna yeah. make it." Let's just try and make it. Let's go from there. And in worst case scenario, at least we now know how to make it. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And even if it's really not sustainable,
0: like, it. yeah. Yeah,
2: and and what you learn is like people talk about sustainability, but they haven't attempted mm-hmm. it. And when you attempt it, then then you can say, "I can throttle this down or up." Yep. But you can't just be like, you know, they say, "Oh, I can't make my own pasta." Yeah, you can. Like, shut up. Do like, <laughs> you, you see how many people actually make pasta? Like in, in other, like in Italy, they always make their yeah. own pasta. You know, they're they're going through these processes and they're serving like 500 people in a day. So what, what do you mean you can't serve 40 people pasta? Yeah. Come on, that's that's ridiculous. Like it's it's one person making it. Are you a person? If you're a person, you can. Yeah. Make it, right. That's. That's just the, the mindset. So we went through that mindset with everything and it got to the point where like, let's extrude our own noodles, let's take the yeast from the distillery. Oh and wow. we were learning a lot and we had the support and they were just like, Hey, yeah, just you know, like we like this. It was a good it's a good agreement. And we came to the point where like, let's I do the food, you guys do the booths, and we we have a good time. Um and through that, over the last few years I've gotten a chance to experiment quite a bit and, and do some really cool things. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And now it's coming to the point where um, you know, it's uh I came back and it's how many more people can I influence? Is this gonna be the thing that I do, or is it going to be other stuff yeah. too? Um, and we're talking about, like, how can I extend, I guess, I don't want to say the word brand, yeah. but how do I extend what we've we've built yeah. uh, together to the rest of the city? Because I I think, like, it's selfish to assume that one person can own one place and say this is going to be the future of Columbus. Yeah. Um. I want to make it so there's, like, 10, 15 places that we can go to, and then you have kids, culinary students, like, who are like mm-hmm. me, and they can come and they can get an opportunity to start with a better baseline than we had started yeah. and that's been like the kind of the challenge because yeah i mean <laughs> restaurants are great and especially after this this top chef experience like yeah you open the door it's going to be flooded forever and people will come yeah it's not an issue but i want to use it to like say hey let's let's all do better together totally. like how can i how can i bring more attention to columbus as a city yeah and it's always a longer path it's always a longer path but and you doubt yourself along the way but i think it's it's that's that's part of the process right if you don't do it who will Otherwise here. You know.
0: Totally. And you were saying you're one of two contestants ever on the show from Ohio and it's one of two
2: from Ohio, first Bengali American. Ever. Oh wow. I, I, That's a- I, I didn't even think about that, but they're like, you know, you're the first Bengali American. I was like, I'll just I was like, I'm I'm just excited to be on this like <laughs> I, I my goal was like my goal was like once I arrived there, I was like, "Cool, I made it." Like that—that that was my first goal. I was like, "Because, because I thought it was a joke. I I'd like people don't believe me, but I swear to God, I thought I was going to get into a plane and they when going to drop me off in Cleveland and be like, ha, we got yeah. you.' Like, you're not trying.
0: Oh my gosh! So, so, wow. Yeah. So you were really like, whoa, it's actually happening.'
2: Even when I was in quarantine, I was just like,
0: "Is this real? I was like, this, this, this isn't real.
2: This isn't going to be real." Then the time that it clicked was uh, when they said, "Your time starts now," and I saw the clock. I saw the clock going down. I was like. Oh shit! I gotta move. Like, yeah. you know, I was like, I was like I, then I was like, oh, it hit me. Like, this, no, this is this is absolutely real, yeah. and it's partially like you know, it's we partially just because I didn't have the, the belief in myself to say that I thought that I could ever do it. Uh, number one, and it was like we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, <laughs> the
0: middle, yeah.
2: What the hell am I actually doing? Like, you know, you could have I could have been a doctor, right? And I could have been practicing. And I could have figured something out there. But now, like through this pathway, I found a way to potentially help a lot more people um, in different ways, not the same ways. So what I do is not. I wouldn't say it's essential for people's lives, but food is essential. Yes. Um, uh, but I like to be able to, you know, I had a rough childhood, and I remember a lot of unhappy times, and I think about all the times that are unhappy for me, and I go, how can I convert those into good times rather others? Yes. And if I can do that, then I've done. I think that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what my career path is. It's just like this is what I want to do. That's a goal that will never stop. So I want to focus on that, and I think food is a good medium right now. Um, I hope it's always a good medium because you always need food, water, and shelter. Um, and how often can I talk? Like, I wouldn't have been able to talk to you if I had not been for this, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I think media is so powerful. Like, you know, people can crap on reality TV and all this stuff all day. But the thing is, is like, kids are watching it and you and I grew up not seeing anyone who looked like us on our TV screens. Like, Padma was like maybe the only person I ever saw and then like Mindy Kaling and that was it. And it was like, so for people to be able to see you telling your story and, you know, cooking is like, it's creative expression. It's something that like that's really sometimes absence in a in a lot of like South Asian American kids lives sometimes so mm-hmm. it's it's really awesome like that you took the step to be on the show to tell your story and like inspire you know another generation of kids I
2: appreciate that I feel like every now and then I'm just like did I make the right decision
0: you <laughs> totally like, did
2: honestly like <laughs> I've, done, I've for the last like my thing is I've never like there's some people in our culture that they want to hit you know like a, they want to make a big scene they want to like crash and be like oh, i am the one that does this i made a difference you know and i'm not one of those people i'm just like i've never been that awesome just kind of average and i would like for other people that are like also feeling like they're kind of average to be like hey it's cool we can do it mm-hmm. like it's actually us that's doing it and you don't have to be this this way we can just like, kind of learn together and go that way and you don't often see the results of that sometimes because Especially like on TV, it's like the bigger personalities that was there, um, and that's what scared me the most, I guess, because I've never really like wanted to do TV. I've never wanted to compete, and I, I took everything that I said I wouldn't do and literally threw out the window and said, yeah. "Let me just go and do this thing." And I go like, "Well, the first thing I did is I messed up rice." You know, like, <laughs> like imagine how that feels. Like, it, feels, it feels really shitty sometimes. That's like when I was like, "Man, like I must have really been in my own head because like I can make rice, like I make rice all the time, like you know." But after that, it's like six months of like. I don't want to touch rice because I'm afraid of it. Yeah. Now. <laughs> and then you get you're like, did I do the right thing? And I, I still, I mean, I do question it. But if I hear, like, you know, sometimes I get people that send me a message and, you know, I actually read a lot of the messages that come, I get a lot now. So it's it's difficult to get through them best. all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and I'm of, I just, there's just a lot of them. So, so when I see a story or someone saying, hey, this is, I had a hard time today and I, and I thought about this or like I saw you do this and, and that made my day better, like, I'm okay with that. If that, if that's what being on TV and being, doing this is, following the media path, I'm okay with media then because, uh, again, my goal is to make people happy. So uh, I'm no longer like, hey, I'd be a solid if I did TV. I'd be like, yeah, I'll do more of it. If you want me to do more of it and I can make people's days better, for sure. Like, call me any Absolutely. day. Absolutely. That's, that's, like that's something that I didn't have. That's, more, that's why. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't have one. Like, like, like you said, you look on TV and you're like, well, maybe I can follow, follow this guy's example. And you're like, actually, I don't want to follow that person's example. Like, you know, you hear about that stuff. So how do you do it? I don't know. I'm just learning along the way. Totally,
0: totally. Well, this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with yeah, us. Yeah,
2: appreciate you putting up with this uh, weird. Oh yeah, start. no, was, totally. Uh, <laughs>
0: Wait.
2: we call this uh, we call this reality TV. So, is what <laughs> <laughs> so or, or one day in a restaurant. But yeah, probably why all like one of the funniest questions I get is like, so why do you think like like a show like Top Chef works? So, like, why does it work so well to have like cameras on chefs? And I was like. Are you kidding me? There's like, there's fire, there's cursing, there's, 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 there's <laughs> knives, there's people running around trying to create dishes for, just, yes. what, isn't that automatically like, is it not automatically exciting? Like just working in a restaurant's exciting enough, putting 15 people into a room and saying, one of you is going to win. Like, you don't think that's going to be good. Of course it's going to be good. It's going to be great.
0: It's, you know, like, it's such, that's a really good point. Fire, intrigue, all sorts of wonderful things. Coincidentally,
2: so it's the stuff. So when I, my, fir- my mom's first memory was, she said, uh, don't play with knives. <laughs> don't play with fire. (laughs) (laughs) And and she's like, and she's like, stay away from like danger. And I was like, well, I mean, you see that I I followed her. Yeah. (laughs) You're
0: like, well, (laughs) well, thank you so much. We'll have to have you back sometime and let us know if you're ever in Colorado, which is where we are. And um, well,
2: I I have a friend that's uh, around there. So somebody in Aspen. So, so yeah, I might, might, I might have to make a trip around there.
0: Well, hit us up and definitely, um, if I'm coming through Columbus, I'm coming to your restaurant and I'm having you make me a delicious cocktail and a meal. <laughs>
2: OK, well, I'll make, you, I'll make you some mean Taco Bell. How about that? Yes, yeah,
0: great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so Thanks much. So much. <laughs> Have a great day. Have a good evening. All right, bye. All right.